You're listening to a Chicago Sports Nation production, enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience. Well, come on. Fans, it's another edition of Bears Nation podcast. Myself, Jake Asana, is always joined with Chris Nano and Kevin Lapka. Big rivalry week game coming up against the Packers. Bears trying to stay in the playoff picture. Uh, have to keep winning, have to win out, have to still get some help from some other teams um, like the Vikings and Rams need them to lose a little bit. But big moral game, regardless of how the season ends. Big moral game this week against the Packers. Surprisingly, a noon game. On Sunday, I thought that game might get moved, but here we are. Uh, it's going to be regular game for you to wake up to on Sunday, and we'll really, uh, it'll really tell how your the rest of your Sunday is going to go. So here we are. We're going to break it down. We're going to talk about it, go through what we like to see. You guys know the drill. It's another preview episode. Boys, rivalry week. How do we feel? Feeling great. Look, it's a meaningful game in December for the Chicago Bears against your storied rival. Uh, it, it looks like it's going to be a good game. I mean, the Packers haven't been playing well as of, as of recent, and the Bears have. So the rivalry's back. It's going to be cold-weather football. I believe the temp is going to be 5 degrees, so nothing better than Bears-Packers in Lambeau. Cold, maybe even a little snow. I don't know if there's going to be snow in the forecast, but that I mean, that'd be awesome as well. It's going to be a gritty, again, historic football game for the, uh, the story. 100th year of the NFL. I'm excited, baby. Let's go. Yeah, um, I mean, Kevin pretty much summed it up right there. It's rivalry week um, against the Packers. Doesn't really get much better than that. And um, everybody knows the deal with the Bears. Pretty much going to have to win out here. So um, this game is, you know, it, it's important, obviously, because of the rivalry. But we just got to treat it like a regular game. Take care of business. Taking care of business is a huge one for this. Obviously, you're coming off the really, really good game against Dallas where you've looked the best you have all year, especially for the offense, especially for Mitch Trubisky. He looked great. And now you've had a long week to kind of rest up, really game plan for what you want to do against the Packers. Hopefully, more of the same, that means, because against Dallas, you really had a great game plan working, and now the confidence is there. So everyone's confident, everyone feels good, and that's really what's important here. And... Huge boost. Akeem Hicks likely coming back for this game. Obviously, the anchor of the defensive line, the heart and soul of that defense, especially defense that has taken some injuries. Roquan now out for the year. Uh, Danny Trevathan, obviously, earlier this season. And you've had kind of these injury problems, and the defense hasn't been as good, but still really good this year. And now you get your best defensive lineman back. It's huge. Uh, Can't talk enough about the impact of him. Um, you know, Akeem Hicks getting back, guys, is huge for this game. It's massive. It's absolutely massive. I mean, it's going to have a huge effect on the defense, obviously, on Khalil Mack the most uh, of all. I mean, this guy is probably thrilled to not have three guys coming at him every time he rushes Aaron Rodgers because they're going to have to put two on Akeem Hicks because I think that he's going to come out and he's just going to be like he never left. It's like he never left. I mean, this guy is just so gritty and he's so ready to play whenever he's in the game that I don't think the Bears, I don't think he's going to skip a beat. Um, 
I don't think he's going to be a leg behind since he's been out for all this time. I think he's going to come out and he's going to be ready to go. And it's just going to, you know, to stop the run defense. I mean, the first time the Bears met the Packers this year, the Packers had 47 yards rushing. Again, big part because of Akeem Hicks. They haven't looked like the same defense since uh, he was gone. So it's absolutely massive. And, you know, as far as like an energy standpoint, I mean, just the energy this guy brings to the defense and to the team, it's huge. And they're going to be motivated simply uh, because this guy is back motivating them ready to go. Yeah, I mean that's that sums it up. That sums it up. Uh, that sums it up. Um, you know, Akeem Hicks coming back is is huge, obviously from an X X's and O standpoint, obviously. But um, you know, like Kevin just mentioned, you know, the, he he brings the energy. You know, he's gonna make sure these guys are ready. Um, and that's why I'm. I, that's why I kind of like it. I kind of like how it worked out that you know his first game back will be against the Packers. You already know he's gonna be fired up. So, um, getting Akeem Hicks back obviously does wonders for Khalil Mack as well. Um, and and you know just for the overall morale of that defense. So, um, this is gonna be huge. I think not even just the morale of the defense, but really the morale of the whole team. We've Correct. seen yeah. the effect that Akeem Hicks has on this locker room on the sideline. He's always there. And, I mean, even to an extent, X's and O's wise, this affects your offense because the Packers know firsthand that the Bears have packages where they run Akeem Hicks. So, or even if he's out there, excuse me, even if he's out there as a decoy, like we know that the Bears have these packages that they can run him in and that it makes sense. So it really allows you to do a lot of different things, both on defense and offense. So it's exciting to get him back. Um, I think he's going to be really fired up. I think... I think he's really going to be trying to get after Aaron Rodgers, but uh, we'll talk more about the defense in a little bit, but let's talk about the offense because that's always the hot topic. And that's always what people want to hear about Mitch Trubisky coming off this game against Dallas in which he had his best game of the year, possibly the best game of his career, arguably. And, you know, you're hoping he'd carry that over. He's been getting better and better each week since that Rams game. And that obviously culminated in the game against Dallas but what do we expect? I mean, what, are we expecting a fired up, confident Mitch Trubisky again, the same one that we saw against Dallas? Well, did you not? I mean, I sent you guys this in the group chat. What did Anthony Miller say? He said, Mitchell Trubisky's confidence is at an all time high. And there's nothing I love to hear more than that. You know, throw away the X's and O's, throw away the stats, throw away everything. I know he's had success, but for Mitchell Trubisky, it comes with confidence. And when he's at an all-time high, it's it's dangerous. I mean, we we know what he can do when he's throwing the ball with conviction, when he's not afraid to take shots, when he's not afraid to get hit, and he's running down the field with his legs. I mean, this is, I mean, I'm thrilled to hear what Anthony Miller said, that Mitchell Trubisky's confidence is at an all-time high, because that means that me and myself, I have a I, my confidence in him is on an all-time high. So I'm expecting him to come out ready to go. I mean, again, you, you can't expect him to come out for, you know, 300 yards and three touchdowns because with this cold weather type football game, you know, the Packers defense, it's not great, but, you know, they can do a little bit here and there. I don't expect him to have a field day, but I expect him to be confident enough to make the right confident throws, to use his legs well, to get the Bears a win. I mean, that that's fully what I expect. And, and, and hearing that he's just this confident and seeing where he's progressed these next four weeks, there's no reason for me not to believe that that progression is going to continue against the Green Bay Packers, who are 21st in passing yards per game allowed. Again, this isn't a daunting defense by any means. You know, they're worse than Dallas, and we saw what he did against the Cowboys. So uh, I think it's exciting. I think, I think you know, what reason do I have not to believe that he's going to keep continuing with this confidence? I'm going to go ahead and give you guys a little bold prediction right here, just at the beginning of the episode. Um, Mitch Trubisky throws for at least three touchdowns again in this game. 
I think he's going to be phenomenal. Um, you know, we I'm pretty sure we've mentioned it in literally every episode that we've done, but we know the biggest thing with Mitch Trubisky is his confidence. So if his confidence is high, then Mitch Trubisky is going to be playing at a high level. I, I truly believe that. Um, and, you know, he's getting praise from his teammates now. So um, I think I think Mitch Trubisky is back, baby. I'm with you. I think he's back. Of course, the thing is with him is that you always hear that he's confident and we always hear that, you know, he's, oh, he's never been in a better mindset, but this time he's actually backing up uh, with good play. So I think that's an, an important distinction to make. It, it, I think yeah. that Nagy has finally figured out a play call style that he can use with Mitch. And that means putting him on the move, which we've been calling for and begging for really all year. But it's finally turning up results, and I think that continues. Um, talking about that Packers defense, they've been much, much better this year. Um, their passing defense is not great, but they get pressure, and they are good against the run. And we see that when the Bears don't have a great run game, the passing game struggles a little bit. So I think that's something we're going to have to watch out for early because that Packers defensive line is nothing to sneeze at, and they know how to get after the quarterback and stop the run game. So is that something that worries you guys, or is it just you have full confidence in this play style and the Bears play calling? Not worried whatsoever. I mean, this is a Packers defense that is 25th in rushing yards per game allowed. Like they, I mean, they're they're nothing special. The the one thing that Jake mentioned is that they get pressure. So that's the one thing you got to keep your eye on is how are you going to stop the Smith brothers? Or I don't think they're brothers. They're the Smith duo. Are they brothers? Do we? Re- are they? They're not brothers, right? No. Preston no. and Zadarius. No. Yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> the Smith think so. duo. Uh, those two like to get after the quarterback. They've had very good years. But as far as controlling the line of scrimmage, I mean, it's kind of amazing. I, I think the Bears were the ones who actually tweeted out this article about how the cohesiveness with Cornelius Lucas and Cody Whitehair, two former Kansas State alums, has made this offensive line so much better. And I think, you know, from what they have shown me the past few weeks, I can expect that Bears offensive line now to control the line of scrimmage in the run game. And that's going to be absolutely huge. But uh, uh, another thing is Mitch has to keep the defense on their heels with his running ability as well, because once he does that, once he gets the read options mixed in, then Dave Montgomery can get going. The defense will be surprised a little bit more. A few holes will be created. So that uh, Jake is correct about the fact that the Smith brothers and those guys, not, I keep calling them brothers, the Smith duo. And a lot of those guys, uh, you know, even Blake Martinez on those blitz packages, they can get after the quarterback. But as far as up here, offensive line versus defensive line, uh, you know, matchup right there in the trenches. I fully expect the Bears offensive line to win that matchup against the Green Bay front seven that has allowed, again, 25th in rushing yards per game. You know, my thing is, Mitch Trubisky tore up a Dallas defense that, in my opinion, is 10 times better than Green Bay's. Um, but, you know, the problem is, we all know it's not always black and white like that, and it, it never really works like that. So, um as long as Nagy's getting Mitch out of the pocket, um, letting him use his feet, um, and you know th- that's when Mitch is at his best. We talk about it literally every week. It's it's just it's just one of those things where um, you know it, as long as it happens, then you know good things will come come from it. Um, and you know obviously everybody has to execute, but you know I'm not too worried about this Packers defense. I think if we do our job, we'll come out with the win. I, I truly mean that. That was going to be my point too about how this offensive line has really come together. I think the it, the backups, really, the guys who you weren't expecting to really be huge contributors have really stepped in and become really great contributors to this team and really become 
a huge part of locking this offensive line down because, I mean, the beginning of the season, the first few weeks, first and a half, really, we were talking about how the offensive line looked bad, how everyone was getting past them, and I feel like we haven't talked about that in a very long time. So I think those guys being inserted has had a lot to do with that, and you're really excited to see that. So I, I don't know if Dallas's defense is 10 times better than Green Bay's, but I do think they're better, especially statistically they're better. But like Chris said, it's not that black and white. There's always the psychological aspect that goes into it. And for Mitch Trubisky and his offense, the psychological aspect is, well, week one, this team you know, really shut you down and didn't allow you to do anything that you wanted to do. So it's interesting. It, it's going to be interesting to see how they adapt, but we'll see what happens. I, I do have confidence in this team, and I think that starts with the play calling. We've seen so much better play calling, but – I mean, how much David Montgomery do you guys want to see in this game? Like, what what kind of balance do you want? Like a fifty fifty run pass, or do you want more run heavy, or do you want to just change as the game goes? What are you looking for out of the play call, out of the play style this week? Well, the Bears have found their most success through balance the past few weeks. I mean, it hasn't been one of those things where it's uh, let's go pass dominant or let's go run dominant. They've been pretty successful in both areas at mediation, really. I mean. <clears throat> You know, they're getting production from both sides. I mean, Dave Montgomery against Dallas was successful when he got the ball, but he wasn't getting the ball 25, 30 times in that game. So I think for them, the approach is, you know, stay with that balance. Just just go with what works. Go with what's flowing. Uh, you know, if you try to run too much, I mean, they, they tried to run way too much that first game uh, against Green Bay. And, and again, it was mostly Mike Davis, but, you know, it wasn't working. And they kept trying to hammer it in there. So, um, you know, what I want to see them do as far uh, from a play calling standpoint is attack deep because the Green Bay Packers have allowed the second most plays of 40 yards or more in the whole National Football League. So that tells me that this is uh, a defense you can exploit downfield. So uh, for me, you know, this has been kind of what I've been saying for this Bears offense for the past few weeks is I don't care if Mitchell Trubisky throws one, maybe even two interceptions, if they're throwing the ball downfield and they're being aggressive because that will open up things even more. So to really answer the question, uh, I think a perfect balance is fine. I don't want to see too much of one thing, uh, and I want to see them attack deep downfield against this kind of weak uh, secondary. So me and me and Kevin were talking a little bit earlier, and um, we kind of talked about how the offense just has like this domino effect. You know, when when the offensive line plays well, um, then Mitch Trubisky plays well. And then when Mitch Trubisky plays well, obviously the receivers are playing well. And, and then David Montgomery's playing well if, if the offensive line is opening, opening up holes for him. So, you know, as long as everybody's doing their job, I think you have to go with a more balanced attack. And, you know, if everyone is doing their job, I think a balanced attack is, is going to work perfectly. I, I just – this offense is just so – it just looks so much nicer when everybody's doing their job. Um, and the bottom line, you know, this this whole season is they haven't been doing their job uh, for the most part up until the last couple of weeks. So um, they're just going to have to keep this up. It's just all about consistency. We've talked about it um, and, you know, keep it going against against a rival like Green Bay and, and you know, balance attack, run the ball, uh, get Mitch moving. And, you know, this team has some success this week. This game just screams to me. Big Anthony Miller day. Just because, you know, he likes to talk that smack and he likes to show up in these big moments. Um, you know, the easy out is to say this has big Allen Robinson day written all over it. But, I mean, every day has the potential to be a big Allen Robinson day. So <laughs> that's kind of lazy. But I just feel like this is a huge opportunity for Anthony Miller. I, I think I think this is a game that we can really see him be effective and be used. And he's really, ever since 
uh, really that Rams game too. Like he has really been able to fix the mistakes. He's really erased a lot of the mistakes that he was having. Uh, it seems like he's not as cocky anymore, but more confident in his abilities, which I think is a huge distinction to make. And so I, I really would love to see a big Anthony Miller day because then you have a big Mitch Trubisky day and the, those things are directly correlated uh, because those two, when they're on and they have that chemistry, they are really on. Um, before we move on to the defense, let's talk about the tight ends because that was a big reason why you beat Dallas because you had another aspect of your passing game. Um, you know, Horstead and Holtz, they were great. Uh, there's no other way to put it. They were awesome. I don't think you're expecting the same production this time, but maybe you are. I don't know. It, it's nice to just have nice, reliable tight ends that you could go to for blocking or you know safety blankets even in the passing game. Do you, What are you guys expecting out of those two, the, the tight end duo, who have really emerged in the last few weeks? I'm not expecting them to go out there and have a big game. I'm not going to ever say one of them is going to have 100 yards receiving or anything crazy like that, but I expect them to execute in the right moments. And I think that's all we ask as Bears fans is, look, if, you're, if your number is getting called on third and eight and you're asked to run a curl route to the sticks, you know, j- just make the catch. That, that's really it. I mean, that's really all you need from these guys is to make moments in the right spots. I mean, these tight ends haven't been going for 100, 150 yards uh, the past two weeks, and, and the offense has been moving well because they're getting the ball and they're making plays in the right moments and it's simply execution that the tight ends previous to them lacked uh you didn't see execution from even brent barnaker or trey burton at all so uh you know i don't you know i don't ask them to do much i ask them to just look when your number gets called do your job and make your play and if they do that there's no reason that they shouldn't have uh success and help this offense move that's that's perfectly said right there um, you know, you guys remember the the episode where we were talking about Cordero Patterson um, possibly lining up at tight end. And we were just talking about how we just need solid production. We don't need anything flashy. We don't need anything, you know, over the top. We don't need we don't need a, a, a George Kittle or Travis Kelsey at, at this time and point. Um, we just needed some production. And, and look what just having some production has done for us. I mean, they were great against um, against Dallas and the offense was was looking like top five offense in the league. So. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not expecting anything, you know, over the top. I'm not expecting huge blow up games, but um, I'm expecting them to do their jobs and, and, you know, help this offense move. Just do your job has been the big, I, I guess, mantra of this season. You know, especially, I mean, we've said that about a lot of players uh, on this team. Just do your job and good things will happen. And so I agree with Chris on that. Just as long as they can do what's asked of them when their number is called, I, I think we'll be very happy with the end result of you know their production and what they end up giving the team this week. So uh, no no worries there. I think these guys every week have been earning a, a contract for next year too. So credit to them. Uh, kudos to them. Let's talk about the defense. Um, if you guys have nothing else on the offense, well, I mean, uh, the only thing is you mentioned Allen Robinson, and it's worth noting that he had 102 yards receiving against the Packers in a game where really nothing offensively was going the right way. So, I mean, if he can have that kind of performance in a game where you scored three points, I expect them to to keep targeting Allen Robinson and, and feed your man, and, and maybe he'll go crazy uh, and certainly be that red zone target that we know he is. So I just thought I'd bring that up because, you know, 102 yards uh, in week one uh, is worth noting. Yeah, um, I, I, you know, th- in my head, there's there's absolutely nobody on the Packers that can that can, you know, check Allen Robinson. He's 
as long as they're getting him the ball, he's going to be doing his thing. So, um, but then Jake brought up another thing. You know, this does, this definitely does scream Anthony Miller. Uh, this game. Uh, so you know, we'll see. I I hope we can get a little bit of both, um, and and you know, see where that takes us. Yeah, a little bit of both is obviously when your wide receiver one and two are both clicking, and then it allows you to do so many other things. But moving to the defense, we talked about the return of Akeem Hicks and you know his impact of this game but we have to start with addressing Roquan Smith uh, it's official he is out now and so you have to move forward again it's another injury um, you know him and Nick Kwiatkowski were doing great holding it down earlier but now you're down to just Nick Kwiatkowski and Pierre-Louis who did good in in place of Roquan against Dallas and you he was solid and he was ju- just good enough where you really he, he didn't kill you. So that's all you could ask for. Again, though, now you're coming up against Aaron Rodgers, not Dak Prescott. So it's going to be a little bit of a taller task. But, guys, what does losing Roquan mean for the rest of the season? It's, man, it hurts. Obviously, we talked about last podcast. You know, we gave our prayers and everything to Roquan. Again, hope he heals well. Uh, hearts out to him. But, again, you know, the thing that uh, I see is, look, Kevin Pierre-Louis, Good in the pass game. I mean, he ran a 4.5-40-yard uh, dash, which is the same as Roquan Smith in the combine. Uh, I, I really think the one thing is, you know, what is his, his ability on the blitz and what is uh, his ability in the run game, right? Because these are talented running backs in Jamal Williams and in uh, Aaron Jones, guys who can not only run the ball effectively but receive out of the backfield as well. So that matchup is going to be something uh, to keep your eye on. But what from what he showed me against us is he has speed in the past game and he can move laterally side to side really well. Uh, he was a highly graded player after that game by PFF. So I'm not as worried as maybe I would have been if he had not performed the way he did against Dallas. So again, losing Roquan, you, you hate to see it, uh, but uh, you know, one man up, uh, uh, another man down again, you know, that Akeem Hicks coming back, Roquan Smith goes down. So it's kind of a trade off. Uh, but again, hearts out, hopefully that torn peck can heal well and he'll be ready for 2020. Yeah. Um, the biggest thing is just obviously hoping Roquan gets, gets well soon. Um, hopefully he can fully recover, but, um, you know, I think Jake, you, you said it perfectly right there. I, I think that the main thing is he just, he just has to not kill you. And I think he's very capable of doing that. And that I feel kind of disrespectful saying it like that because, you know, he's not a bad player by any means, but um, you know, I'm feeling a lot better after that, after that Dallas game, I think he was, he was really damn good. So um, I think, I think they're going to find ways to make him uh, to, to, to utilize his strengths and, and kind of hide his weaknesses. Uh, we haven't seen too much of what his weaknesses are uh, necessarily like in, in game time, but um, I, I know Chuck Pagano is going to have something, something cooking uh, with that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm actually not too worried. I think the silver lining of it is that, yeah, you're playing Aaron Rodgers, but this Packers offense isn't one that really goes and kills you between the numbers a lot in their passing game. They're usually going for the sidelines of the deep shots. Um, of course, that could change since they know that you're, what, third, fourth string linebacker is in there. Um, and, and they could tweak their game plan. But that's the nice thing about Aaron Rodgers. And when, when he's killing you, it's usually down the field and not really between the numbers and it, from the slot. So that's, a, I guess, a, a nice thing you could note. But I think, you, I think Pierre-Louis showed enough in the Dallas game to make you feel comfortable. You know, you're not sweating it too much. You feel all right. And it's going to be something to watch for sure. But I think we'll probably see a lot of... Uh, 
nickel packages just to get another DB out there and have some extra support there. But I think that's fine. It's just unfortunate because Roquan was turning into a superstar right before our eyes, and now you lose him. But Kevin, you got some? Yeah, I mean, we were, we were, you talked a little bit about Aaron Rodgers, and then you said Aaron Rodgers uh, is no Dak Prescott. Well, Aaron Rodgers is actually no Mitchell Trubisky here. Uh, I'm looking at a QB comparison. The last five games, give it to me. Mitchell Trubisky, 66.5 completion percentage. Aaron Rodgers, 62.7. Check mark uh, for Mitch. Last five, 244.6 pass yards per game for Mitchell Trubisky. 187.2 for Aaron Rodgers. Check mark for Mitch. 11 touchdowns for Mitchell Trubisky. Seven touchdowns for Aaron Rodgers. Check mark for Mitch. Five interceptions for Trubisky. Zero for Rodgers. That's a check mark for Rodgers. And then 95.4 passer rating for Mitch. 93.8 for Rodgers. So unless I'm blind, from what I can tell, Mitchell Trubisky has been outperforming Aaron Rodgers in their last five games. And Aaron Rodgers has played some very easy opponents as well. So there's not many excuses for him. I just want to throw that out there. And I'm probably going to set the world on fire because I I said Mitchell Trubisky has looked better than Aaron Rodgers in the last five games. But the stats show it. And quite frankly, if you've been watching both of these teams, it's pretty clear that in the last five, Mitchell Trubisky has been the better quarterback. Damn. I I, I mean, do we have... Thoughts. I mean, it's crazy, but it's there. The the statistics are right there for you. And beyond statistics, I mean, if you guys watch that Washington game with with the Packers versus the Redskins, I mean, he he did not look good at all against a team where Mitchell Trubisky threw three touchdown passes against in the third quarter in the in one quarter. Sir. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, the thing is, look, you can you know anybody listening could get mad at that and be like oh like what are you guys trying to imply but i mean the stats are the stats they're right there like kevin said he brought them up and you know they're all factual so um there's not much anyone can say to to deny it and you know i know i know kevin right now is not saying mitch is better than aaron Rodgers. let's all you know get that straight but you know he he it's it's a good point you know it it speaks volume to how to how good mitch has been playing um and you know I think this kind of proves that the Packers are very beatable. And and I think that's the bottom line here. They're they're not a team that scares you. Um, And, you know, the the whole rivalry aspect obviously makes it a little bit more nerve wracking. Um, But, you know, if the Bears can if the Bears can do their job, I mean, if we if we play how we how we how we've been playing these last couple of weeks, I just, you know, I I, I lose Chris Nano. (laughs) Chris Nano positive man now. Hello? Chris, Chris Nano, the positive guy now. <laughs> oh damn! I thought you guys. I thought you guys said you couldn't hear me. No, just you're you're so positive. It's like a whole new person. It's I know, man. I, it's I crazy. Know. Look, look what look what winning does to me, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Um, there is there is a lot to feel good about though. Uh, Kevin gave the stat dump there. That that makes sense. Mitch Trubisky, we know how he can play. When he's on his hot streak. Now, nobody's saying that Mitch Trubisky's going to the Hall of Fame or that, you know, no one's saying that Mitch Trubisky is better than Aaron Rodgers overall. But I think Kevin's point is that he's been playing like a winning quarterback, like someone you can trust and rely on these last few four or five games. So, and that speaks volumes. And again, that goes back to the confidence thing. But it also speaks to his mental toughness. Like, this is a guy who got benched for a quote-unquote injury in the Rams game, and we weren't sure what his future is, and he's responded like this. That's a, very impressive. That's, I mean, that's what the Bears drafted him for, that kind of mental fortitude, that kind of grit. 
Um, and it's awesome to see, and I think we're going to see a fired-up Mitch Trubisky. Well, come on. All right, Bears fans, sorry about the choppiness of this episode. Skype was being a little weird with us yesterday, but we are going to go ahead and roll right into our predictions for this game against the Packers. We've obviously gone through our thoughts on the offense, on the defense, and let's get to it, our final predictions for this game. I'll start us off. Um, You know, this is going to be a tough game at Lambeau. You're coming in, you know, the offense is, is feeling good, and as they should after the Dallas game. But I do think this is tough. I don't know which way I want to go with this. Um, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I think this Bears team is hot. I think they feel good. I'm going to go ahead and say the Bears win this one 31-28. All right, I like that. So you're going a pretty high-scoring game there. That would yes. probably hit the over. Um, look, to me, this the Monsters are back. Akeem Hicks is is back. That means Khalil Mack is going to be back. If you think about it, the last time the Bears absolutely instilled fear and suffocated the team was against the Vikings, really, is really the last time. And I expect that to happen in this game. Packers have not looked good recently. Again, against the uh, Washington Redskins, they did not look great. To me, they don't intimidate me, and I don't think they intimidate any of the Bears players and any of uh, the guys in that locker room. So I don't think anyone's scared of them. I don't think they're scared of them. I'm going with a Bears win, 27-17. They suffocate the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau, and they take control uh, uh, of the game and you know, hopefully keep winning, baby, and win out. Um, I am going to go... 24-14 Bears. Um, you know, I think Mitch stays hot. Um, I predicted earlier in the episode that uh, he was going to throw for three touchdowns. I'm standing by that. Um, and, you know, I'm expecting Anthony Miller and Allen Robinson to, to have some big games. So, um, you know, th- with Akeem Higgs back, I'm, I'm even less worried about the defense than I was. And I, I wasn't even that worried about him. It's just, you know, losing a player like that, you can't help but um, kind of worry a little bit. But um, yeah, I think the Bears come out and, and you know, it's going to be a tough game. Definitely. You know, we know what this rivalry is all about. Um, but yeah, Bears win 24-14. Yeah, I think there's a lot that we're all confident about. You know, Akeem Hicks being back is the obviously big one. And we talked a little bit about that earlier. And, you know, the offense just they have the confidence. It's hard not to feel good about that. This is a revenge game, too. I don't think we can understate that the Bears really want to make up for that week one dud that they put up. I think there's a lot emotionally here too that goes into it and the fact that you're keeping your playoff chances alive with this win so just to real quick close out the predictions what are our confidence level like scale of one to ten how confident are we in our we're all predicting the bears win i think i'm at a solid seven i I think there's still obviously it's aaron Rodgers, it's the boogeyman but i'm at a solid seven i think this is a winnable game a year ago, even hell, the first half of the season, I, I and my confidence would be a lot lower. But you know, you just said Aaron Rodgers, the boogeyman. He hasn't looked like the boogeyman this year. He's not a guy who, through you know, ex, I don't know, 13, 14 games this year, has just taken over the game for his team. It's rarely happened. Uh, it's happened a few times. He it has happened a few times throughout the year, but as of late and pretty much throughout the year, it hasn't happened. So my confidence level is at an eight. Because, again, you know, their defense statistically is not very good. They, they can get a little bit of a pass rush. They have that going for them. Their offense, you know, if you if you lock down Devontae Adams, sure, they have a few guys in Lazard and Marquez Valdez-Scantling who can get down the field a little bit. But no one who seriously is making you uh, stay up at night. So 
I'm going with an eight. I mean, I really am. And just, again, with the current progression of the Chicago Bears, what they have been going through the past few weeks, what they have showed me, again, there's no reason for me not to believe that this team is going to continue to do that and for me not to have a high confidence level in them, especially when your quarterback has high confidence in himself and that rubs off on the whole team. Exactly. Yeah. You know, um, I'm honestly at a nine right now. I, I, I just... I don't want to say I'd be shocked if the Bears lost this game, but, you know, I'm I'm fully expecting a win here. I, I just think the Bears are so hot right now, like, like you know, we've been talking about. And, and kind of to what Kevin said, you know, when the offense plays well, the defense just feeds off of that. And, and you know, I'm fully expecting the offense to, to do their thing once again. Um, and, you know, I, I think that's all there is to it. I, I'm at a nine right now. I think Mitch plays well, and uh, um, I, I think we get this win. Who are you and what have you done with Chris Nano? I don't yeah. know. I, I really don't know. I, you know, the, the semester just ended, so there's like a huge like weight lifted off my back. I guess I don't know. <laughs> On the upswing. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's plenty of reason to feel good about this game. So we'll see what happens on Sunday. But that really does it for us. Again, sorry about the choppiness of this episode. But to make up for it, we do have a treat for you at the end of this. Kevin and Chris did a mailbag where they took your questions answered them to have a little bit of discussion. I unfortunately was not able to be present for it, but these guys held down the fort. So stick around at the end of this episode for that little treat for you guys, get you guys involved. But as always, thank you for rocking with us. Thank you for listening. We appreciate your support. You know, this is what we're here for break down the bears with other like-minded fans. So thank you as always, and we will see you next week. And as always, bear down, bear down, bear down. All right, so now for the second half of the episode, we're going to take uh, the listener questions that we asked for on Twitter. This is the Bears Nation podcast mailbag. We had you guys uh, uh, reply to our Twitter post with some questions about Sunday's game or about some things in general. So we'll start with our first question from at Weinstein. Burner asks, what can Matt Nagy do to get us a win? He's been horrible all season up until last game. Chris, what are your thoughts on that question from Weinstein Burner? Um, you know, I... I think this is there's a very easy answer to this. I think he just has to continue to let Mitch do what Mitch can do best. Um, you know, rolling out of the pocket, let him use his feet. Um, and you know, this offense looks a lot better when he's doing that. So um, I think that's that's the main the main priority. And you know, if we do that, I think we'll be we'll be in good shape. Absolutely. For me, I think it's getting the team prepared and ready to go up in the first quarter. I mean, this has been a trend all year, right? It's like, when are the Bears going to get off to a hot start? And it hasn't really happened. And it, it didn't even happen last week, right? I mean, they were down 7-0. They looked very flat in the first quarter. And this is a Packers team that loves, 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 loves to get out to early starts and then control the game the rest of the way. So just get the guys prepared on a road game in a cold environment. I mean, they're used to that. Um, but, you know, get them ready to go and get them coming out the gates hot. I think that's the most important thing. 
Next question from at Halitech Hall. Uh, he says, George Halas loved the rivalry and had great respect for Lambeau. So his question is, in your opinion, what was the most significant gesture George Halas made to the Packers? I guess I'll start it off because I was just reading this book uh, about the history of the NFL and about the main five owners who started the league. And, you know, as crazy as it seems, you know, there's tension between the Bears and the Packers. It's a storied rivalry. It's a great rivalry. But it's also very unique because of what George Halas did for that team. And the one thing that stands out to me was that the Packers faced relocation in like the 1940s, 1950s. Um, but George Hallis, instead of just, you know, letting them relocate, you know, you, you'd think that, oh, since they're rivals, like, who, who could he care about the Green Bay Packers? But he actually went to their city council. He pleaded for them to build the stadium that is now Lambeau Field just so that he could, they could keep uh, the Green Bay Packer franchise in Green Bay because he knew what that rivalry meant to not only the league but to the Chicago Bears, what that franchise meant to the league. So uh, as much as once they get on the field, you know, there's hatred and there's fight, uh, this is a rivalry of mutual respect off the field and it's storied and it's got history. So uh, for me, just George Howell is doing that to, to pretty much save the Packers uh, in Green Bay is the most uh, is really the most significant thing, the one thing that stands out to me. Do you have anything, Chris? Um, honestly, I do remember reading that, um, but I don't really have anything specific, but the one thing I do want to say is basically what you said. I mean, um, you know, uh, Bears fans and Packers fans do not like each other. I think, um, I think that's already set in stone, but you know, there is, there is a great respect between the two teams and, you know, everybody knows how much this game means. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, it really is all about the respect. Um, you know, both teams are going to be trying to get this win, of course, but, um, at the end of the day, we got to remember what's important. Absolutely. Thanks for the question. Hello, Tech Hall. We're going to move on to John Fleming at JFlem84. Uh, he asks, who do you believe will step up on defense this week with all the injuries we had last week? He says we are going to need some big-time stops. So, Chris, who is it? Who's going to step up uh, and be the big-time player for the Bears defense this week with Rokon Smith out, uh, with Dan Trevathan out, with all those guys? Who steps up? Honestly, I'm going with Akeem Hicks. I think him coming back is obviously going to be huge for this team. I think he's going to, you know, him being back, um, just his presence is going to be enough to have, you know, Khalil Mack playing well as well. Um, you know, we've talked about that pretty much since he's gone down, since Akeem Hicks has gone down, that, you know, once he returns, I think we'll start seeing the Khalil Mack that we all know and love. Um, so, yeah, just his presence um, back, I think, is going to be important. I think he's going to play well. Yeah, to build off that, I mean, his presence is going to affect the one guy who I think is going to be an absolute game wrecker, as he usually is every week, and that's Khalil Mack, right? For the past eight, or since Akeem Hicks has been out, you know, everyone wants to say he, he can't be himself on the edge because he's getting triple team because there's no attention in the middle. Well, now teams are going to have to do a double team on Akeem Hicks because he's just that powerful. So I think this is the game where Khalil Mack is the monster of the midway, where he's not going to let Aaron Rodgers do anything and he's going to make big time plays because the easy answer to this question, I think, is is everyone's going to say Kevin Pierre-Louis, right? Um, because with Rokon Smith out, you know, that's the guy who they're probably going to target. But I don't think Khalil Mack is even going to let him get the chance to target him. I think he's going to be all over Aaron Rodgers. He's had some of the best games of his Chicago Bears career against uh, the Packers, uh, even at Lambeau. I mean, that first game last year uh, <laughs> without going to training camp, he comes on performs like that. And even in December of last year when he had the back sack and he was wreaking havoc uh, on Aaron Rodgers. So I think with Akeem Hicks back, Khalil Mack is, is absolutely going to go absurd uh, against this Aaron Rodgers and this Packers offensive line who, who really haven't looked great all year. Let's move on. Thanks for the question, John Fleming. We're going to move on to Zussi at GBus91 asks, 
Will Kevin Pierre-Louis play well again? So obviously this is a huge topic of conversation with Roquan Smith out. Kevin Pierre-Louis. Is it Lewis or Louis? Because I really don't know. I believe it's Lewis. I'm it's Lewis. Okay. Positive it's Lewis. Okay. Yeah. So we're going Kevin Pierre-Louis. Uh, what do you expect from him in his second game now uh, with Roquan Smith out with that uh, torn pack? So honestly, um, you know, with Roquan obviously being out, I think he's going to be not – I feel I feel kind of bad saying this, but he's going to be, you know, the weaker point in our defense, I would say. Um, not because he's bad, just because we have so many talent, talented players on this defense. But um, I think they're going to try to pick on him if they can. Um, but my thing is, Pagano is, is not a dummy. He knows what they're going to try to do. And I think he's going to find a way to to hide him or or find him ways to, to be product, find ways for him to be productive. Um, so honestly, I'm I'm expecting him to have a, a solid game again. I, I I don't see any reason why he won't. Um, I think he's a very good player, and I think he's hungry. So um, I I wouldn't you know I I don't think um, you know we're gonna see anything less from from him. Yeah, look, I, I'm not a fan of pro football focus at all. I actually, uh, <clears throat> yeah, not a fan of, of a lot of their analysis. But yeah. he was the highest rated player, according to them, on defense against the Dallas Cowboys. And I think the main thing from that was he was flying around in coverage. And he looked very similar to Roquan Smith on coverage. I mean, he was picking up tight ends. He was picking up running backs in the flat. And with dynamic running backs like Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams out of the backfield for the Packers, Kevin Pierre-Louis is going to have to be active uh, in the passing game. And look, this is is a fast guy he ran a 6.5 uh, a six point that'd be really slow a 4.51 40 yard dash at the combine which is actually the same exact time as Roquan Smith so this is a guy who has speed so I, I like I like him and what he can do in coverage now when it comes to the run def- defense you know we really don't know as much but um I think with Hakeem Hicks there, he doesn't have to be as big as a fact of a factor shooting that a gap. So I'm liking I'm liking him really to to hold his own really in the past game. I don't expect him to go out there and and be absurd, but I expect him to to hold his own and, and you know just do what he needs to do and fill in fine because I think the front seven uh, is really going to carry him. So uh, next question, uh, thanks for that question, Zussi. We got from Joe Minogue who asks, quote. Uh, what's the defensive outlook with Rokon Smith out and Akeem Hicks back? So again, you know, th- this is going to be the storyline all week is or up until this game is the fact that yes, Rokon Smith is out with that torn pec. He's out for the year, but you know, one man down, one man back with Akeem Hicks coming back. So with that push of Akeem Hicks, uh, what can we expect uh, from that front seven kind of with the trade off of losing a middle linebacker, but getting your star defensive lineman back? Yeah, I mean, it this kind of goes back to to the last question in a way. Um, you know, Kevin Pierre-Louis is going to have to be at his best um and they're going to find ways to to make him be at his best, I think. Um and then you know, with Akeem Higgs back, I think our run defense is going to be, you know, great as it has been pretty much all year. Um but you know, it'll only get better obviously with a guy like um Akeem Higgs back. Um so yeah, I mean, Akeem Higgs it, it it really it really does suck that we lost Roquan, but um getting Akeem Higgs uh, back is, is going to be huge for this team, for this defense, um, just for the morale of, of the team entirely. So, um, you know, I'm not expecting I'm not expecting the Bears defense to to falter just because Roquan Smith is out. Um, I'm, I'm expecting good things. I'm expecting them to do what they've done all year. Um, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't be worried. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not worried. I mean, the, the only thing I want to know, really, that we haven't heard is what I mean. What do you think the snap count is going to be for Akeem Hicks? I mean, do you think he's going to be, you know, full go? He's going to be playing every snap, or do you think he's going to be limited? We haven't really heard, right? I mean, we haven't really heard anything about that. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if this is a guy who's going to be a full go. I mean, have you heard anything about his possible snap count or, or limits for Sunday? I haven't at all. Um, but my guess is, I mean, if they don't bring it up. I mean, you would think he would be a full go, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, I, th- that's the thing. Like, I mean, I feel like they they only really mention it if he is gonna be on a snap count, um, you know. But you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he's somewhere in between on a snap count and a full go. If you know what I'm trying to say, yeah. Um, I don't think he'll be a full full go, but um, I think he'll be closer to that. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, we're talking about Akeem Hicks. I mean, this guy has grinded his way back to even get, yep. you know back into the game uh back on uh out of ir and everything so you know how hungry this guy is he'll be ready to go so defensive outlook is really gonna uh stay the same i think it's just you know the next man up mentality stays true guys are gonna have to step up next question finally uh an offensive question is what has changed with the offseason qb debate considering mitch playing much better the last few games that question from mark minogue uh chris what are your thoughts on that now that you can maybe look in a different direction with the offseason quarterback conversation you know what what's the outlook now for that um so you know i i was totally sold on you know mitch getting benched and having a new qb next year um and you know now i'm starting to to start i'm starting to think about the whole thing a little bit more i think um you know even even if mitch plays well these last couple games and and you know we start believing that he's the guy again I really, really do believe in uh, quarterback competition. I really do think they should bring in another guy just for that little bit of competition that that'll only elevate his game. You know, um, he'll be he'll be looking over his over his shoulder, you know, making sure that, you know, he's winning the job and whatnot. So I I really think that's important. Um, I think that'll only help him grow as a a quarterback and a player. So um, I I would be okay with Mitch next year um, as long as there's some competition just to, you know, just to keep him. Keep him hungry. Yeah, I mean, there's really been a seismic shift in the whole debate, hasn't there? I mean, again, four weeks ago, everyone's calling for Cam Newton to come into town. They're calling for, you know, let's draft a guy early in the second round. But after these past four games where he's looked fantastic, it's kind of everyone's been reminded of the fact that, look, this guy has it in him. He just has to reach that and he has to be confident. And when he is at that level, when he's using his legs, when he's healthy, he can be a franchise quarterback who can lead a team to the Super Bowl. So finally, he he has showed that and that realization has come in. Some people have kind of put the whole Cam Newton, the whole draft quarterback to the curb a little bit to see what Mitch can do for these next four games. So, you know, really regardless of what he does, I think these past four have really, they, I, they bought him 2020, but uh, to agree with Chris, they, they need to bring in another veteran. Chase Daniel has to be gone. I think even a guy like Mariota or, or Dalton, not to be the starter, but to be a backup, because look, you know, like it or not, Mitch has missed four games in his career, uh, two games the past two years. And, and sometimes those games are crucial games that could get, decide whether your team's going to make the playoffs or not. And to me, Chase Daniel's not a guy that can get that done. So, you know, the QB uh, competition, if you bring in a cheap guy like Mariota or Dalton, who are probably going to be real cheap, real veterans who uh, Mitch can kind of learn from and again, compete with, I think that's only going to benefit him. And then maybe you draft a QB in the third or fourth round as a development for the future. And I think if you do that, you got a really nice QB room rather than having a washed up guy like Chase Daniel, a guy who can't even play in Tyler Bray. Um, so you have options uh, in that sense. But yeah, there's been a seismic shift. Uh, I think Cam Newton's pretty much out of the 
question from a price range. And, and when you keep Mitchell Trubisky, you save a ton of money exercising that fifth year option. So, um, you know, a lot, all factors considered, I, I think it's the right thing to do. And I think Mitch will be back in 2020. All right. We got, I think, one or two more questions. This question from Rich Lapkin, my father, who wanted to send in a question today. He says, what is Danny Trevathan's future? This is Chris, your guy. You're going to have some some nice opinions on this one. Uh, what is Danny Trevathan's future this season and going forward? Will he play the rest of this year, and will he get re-signed by the Bears in 2020? Chris, go off. Um, so, look, I don't know what's going on with him this year. I, the fact that he's not on IR right now is still mind-boggling to me. I think about it pretty much every day. Um, I mean, his arm was practically snapped, snapped in half. Um, and, you know, there, there was a, I, I read earlier, I think it was after the Cowboys game, either Friday or Saturday of last week, saying that Nagy wouldn't rule him out for um, the Green Bay game, which is obviously in a couple of days. But I doubt he'll play this week. Um, but just, just the fact that it's a possibility, just, I, I know I say it all the time. It just it speaks a lot. It, it means a lot to the fans. I know. I know it means a lot to me, you know, just he, he, he just wants to be out there. He loves the city. Um, he loves the fans. He loves the organization. I, I think there's absolutely no way the Bears let him walk. I don't think they should. I think it would be very stupid to do so. Um, so, yeah, in, in my opinion, I'm, I feel very strongly about this. I, I think he has to be back next year. It seems like right now the question is, okay, you either keep uh, keep Nick Kwiatkowski or you keep Danny Trevathan. Um, but I don't really see it that way. I think the Bears could keep both. So what are your I thoughts on that? Is, is it both? Yeah, I mean, I think ideally I think you'd love to bring back both guys. Um, you know, Nick Kwiatkow- having Nick Kwiatkowski as a guy, if, if you know, as insurance is, is humongous. I think he's played out of his mind. Um, but, you know, I – if it's one or the other, I'm going Danny, but ideally I would love to bring back both. And I do think it's possible. So, um, you know, I, I don't get the whole debate as, as of right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I think they have to bring back both if it's possible. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, Danny Trevathan, whether you like it or not, he's getting old. And, and although he can still be productive, injuries are still a question. And if you have a viable backup, a more than capable backup in Nick Kwiatkowski, uh, you would love to do that. And I honestly think Nick would be a guy who would, you know, maybe take even a little bit of pay cut uh, to stay with the team if, if he loves the vibe in the rocker room. But he's he certainly... Uh, probably gaining the attention of a lot of other teams around the league. So I think Ryan Pace is going to do what he can to bring both back. Uh, again, Danny Trevathan's a guy who I think is, again, he's not going to be asking for a ton of money. He knows he's at the edge of his career, and he loves the he loves being the rock in Chicago. He knows the city loves him. He knows the fans love him. And he knows how valuable he is to the defense. And I think he loves to play with those guys on the field, man. I mean, you know how much fun they have. You know how cohesive they are as a unit. So, uh, you know, and, and the crazy thing is he could still return. I mean, I, have you heard a health up? on that i mean it seems like every time man has a press conference it's kind of like it, it's up in the air but there's really no definitive answer as to when he comes back so i i mean there's no way he plays on on sunday against green bay right yeah no i i would be shocked if he did um i don't i i you know the thing is i feel like they they maybe just didn't put him on ir just to have the possibility of him coming back right. but yeah, like I mean, if he if he you know just sat out the rest of the year, it probably wouldn't surprise me. Um, you know, I'd I'd be more shocked if he if he did come back. But you know, we've been hearing so much about uh, you know just not ruling that possibility out. So you know, it's had fans kind of on the edge of their seat. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't see him playing this week. And you know, if he did play at any point um, for the rest of this season, I think it'd be a huge bonus. 
Yeah, absolutely. Especially when, again, you have your top two linebackers out. No, though, Kwiatkowski's filled in well, and Pierre-Louis Lewis, God, I keep messing up, has filled <laughs> in well, or at least yeah. filled in well against Dallas. You'd obviously want to have your rock in your uh, middle, line, uh, middle linebacker back. But we got one last question. This one is, again, from Weinstein Burner, uh, who asks, how can we effectively run the football? So if you remember, throwback to week one, uh, absolutely disgusting performance from the running game and I think if the Bears want to have success they are going to need to effectively run the football against the Green Bay Packers defense Chris how do they do that on Sunday um easy Uh, the offensive line just has to create holes for David Montgomery um that's been the biggest problem all year um and every time they they've they've been successful in doing that uh, David Montgomery has looked good the offense in general looks a lot better um so I mean I, I feel like there's a very clear answer to this question um, and, you know, as long as the offensive line is doing their job, um, David Montgomery will do his job. It'll allow Mitch Trubisky to do his job. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a domino effect. So um, offensive line is going to be key in this game. Um, and they just got to do what they got to do. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think this offensive game plan is going to be radically different from what we saw week one against the Packers. I mean, again, that was an abysmal offensive performance. You scored three points. You know, you averaged like two yards per carry uh, with Dave Montgomery. It, it was it, Mike Davis was getting a load of the carries. I mean, that guy's not even on the roster anymore. So y- you can expect it to look radically different and I think getting Mitch out on the run getting him play action utilizing those RPOs is going to open up the run game like it did against Dallas right I mean it's really a cause and effect when Mitch gets on the run when you're able to run the read option I mean you could you you saw what he was able to do to Jalen Smith and some of those linebackers when he pulls that ball I mean it's it's a simple effect when you look at the Ravens you look at a guy like Lamar Jackson uh when they run the read option I mean it it, it has a an amazing fact on the run game. And I think if, if Matt Nagy can keep calling these plays and Mitchell Trubisky can keep being comfortable with his legs, that in itself will open up the run game. So yes, it's, it's still hundred percent up to the offensive line to make those holes. And they quite frankly have looked a lot better doing so in these past, you know, two to three weeks. But I think, utilizing uh, the read option, utilizing those RPOs, getting Mitch on the move will open up Dave Montgomery, open up even some room for Tariq Cohen out of the backfield as well. So I think that's how they get the running game going. And again, it's going to be necessary because you want to have success against uh, any defense. You got to get the running game moving. You got to have, you know, successful drives and look, they did it against Dallas. So I expect that to continue. Uh, That just about wraps it up for our bears nation podcast mailbag thanks for listening we're gonna do our recap uh packers week episode i believe on monday or tuesday so stay tuned for that enjoy the game go wild it's bears packers week it's rivalry week the bears have a chance to get right back into the hunt maybe even steal the division if things go the right way they're gonna need a lot (laughs) to happen but it's up in the air so uh get ready for it it's gonna be exciting and bear down bear down